Welcome to the Beyond Jiu-Jitsu podcast. I am Kieran. I'm a white belt under the great and powerful Adam Childs. That's me, yo. What's up, guys? Uh, welcome. Thank you for tuning in. Episode, what number? Nine. Nine. Episode number nine. Number nine. Last episode, we talked about um, just some of the reasons why people quit Jiu-Jitsu, uh, Blue Belt Blues. Uh, we didn't mention specifically what you should do to avoid it but if you want to go back and have a listen just being aware of some of the the hurdles that come up and some of the reasons people quit hopefully you can dodge those ones yeah it was a good episode uh where we gleamed a bit into the insight particularly from a black belt perspective but not only a black belt a a coach and gym owner's perspective on the requirements of belts why you know from over the years what what Adam has seen personally, um, people experience and common themes of uh, people in their journey toward higher belts. So I definitely learned a lot from that. Check it out. Moving forward, this episode, we are talking about competing. competing. I know. Competing. <laughs> I love the uh, the backup singing. The, <laughs> I, I know that competing is a hot topic of yours, Adam. It's, it's uh, something that you firmly believe in and hopefully by the end of this episode we can learn a bit more about uh, the in your opinion the significance of competing and I'm going to talk about my own experience as a white belt competing yeah I actually wanted to start there a little bit because I just wanted to you know mix it up a tad because a lot of the you know a lot of the time where I'm talking a lot and I don't mind talking I just will ramble whatever I often lose my train of thought and I'm fine to do that. But before, (laughs) what were you saying again? (laughs) Before we go into my thoughts on competing, my approach and Mm. why I think you should do this and not that, et cetera. I actually kind of want to hear a little bit more about your thoughts on competing. You've done three competitions in your almost year of jujitsu. Um, at heart, you're a competitor. You've done competitive bodybuilding, you know, so it's not like you're – before jiu-jitsu, it's not like competing was a new thing to you. You have done – you've been in a competitive environment before. But um, I just wanted to get your thoughts and ask you a few questions about yeah, let's competing go. Before, the before I go into my thoughts. This was this was not planned. <laughs> well, if, I, yeah, if I told you beforehand, Kieran is like a mega prep sort of dude so you would have spent a week perfectly wording your responses to these questions that is true yeah but now we're going to catch you out and really see send it all right all right send it so i want to know how important do you think competing is like do you think Mm. it uh, uh do you think it's important as a whole and do you think it's important for your own personal development like as a white belt do you think it's something that every white belt should be doing just to progress. Do you think it's important for you individually? How important is competing, do you think? I'm going to be very controversial here and I want to say some spicy things. So I I personally, okay. Paprika. I'm, I'm kind of safe. He <laughs> <laughs> said some spicy things, oh, so right, I said right, paprika. Right. Paprika's not spicy at all, man. <laughs> no, What's it's not, but it's you? a spice, right? White boy spice. It's a <laughs> Guy. <laughs> <laughs> Salt and pepper. Okay, okay. 
Let's let's not derail. Okay, I want to say some controversial things here, and I, I I'm protected because I'm in front of my coach. So anything I say that's wrong, I can be corrected live and on the spot. So Oppo- I opposed to some of your hate comments. Exactly, on YouTube. exactly. So I'm giving myself permission to go out on a limb here. I personally think that c- competing at white belt is incredibly important, and in so far as when I I know some. Um, people that haven't competed at, that are at higher belts or maybe, you, yeah, let, let's just say they haven't competed at all and they're higher belt, I think that they're really missing out. And I think that there is there is something to be said about the intensity of a competition. Even if you don't go out there and give it, you know, 100% try and win, rah, rah, rah. But it's the intensity that you feel, which is unparalleled to any role in the gym. Yeah, you really can't replicate it, eh? You cannot we replicate saw, <clears throat> it. We saw at the last competition... Um, uh, for anyone who's listening that's not in Australia or specifically Sydney, um, the last competition before this most recent COVID lockdown happened, we had quite a few people compete and we had quite a few white belts competing for their first time. And we as a team did did quite a, a good competition preparation. Yeah, we did great. yeah. But I know as as the instructor, people were starting to hate me a little bit in a, like a love-hate way because I was like making all the competition preparation classes like really hard. You know, people were getting a little unhappy with how hard they were and how consistently hard they were. And I wasn't burning them out, right? I'm not don't, – don't take me wrong. But, you know, I was always on people's cases saying that, man, you, you need to train more, like you've got to be doing more drilling, you've got to be doing more this and that, like you've got to stop conceding these, like push harder, blah, 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 blah. And then after the competition, particularly the guys um, who it was their first ever competition would then say to me, oh, man, like I, uh, now I get it. Like I didn't realise how yeah. hard it is. You know, you've got the nerves, the adrenaline, you've got someone else putting everything on the line, right? It's just so much more intense than in the gym. Yeah, right? it's, it's not even comparable. Yeah. Like, it, and it's it's a mental, you're literally on a stage. You're in front of like potentially, you know, spectators or even if you're not like your coach, your teammates, you don't, you know, you have that thing where you don't want to let them down. And, and it, it's not only all of that, but you're up against someone that, there's no, there's no excuses. There's nothing to hide behind. They're the same belt as you, the same weight as you, and generally they're within the same age bracket as you as well. So yeah. there is absolutely no excuses. There yeah. is no nothing in the back of your mind, oh, yeah, but they were a blue belt. Oh, yeah, but you know they've been training longer. Or, oh, yeah, they're heavier than me. They have a weight advantage. They're stronger, yeah. whatever. All that bullshit that you hide behind when you get pumped in a role, then you say, nah, you, you know what? I didn't really lose. I, I didn't really lose because, you know, of these reasons. There's yeah. none of that shit, yeah. man. I mean, look, people will still find those reasons. Oh, they can yeah. try, but I <laughs> yeah. mean, by that point, I'm here to say, you know, you're lying to yourself by then. Yeah. Like, yeah. come on. Like, and I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm being a bit of a dick here, but like, it's, it's, it's not always a bad thing to, to lose. Like you lose, you learn. Right, I've lost. Yeah. I've lost heaps of heaps of matches. Yeah. I've only competed three times. And I've lost heaps. Yeah, like I've gotten pumped. I've I put it on YouTube of me being like choked out. I put it on YouTube me like being stuck in a triangle for for a minute and a half. Did you have that one on YouTube? I yeah. do. It's still up there, and I put a counter on it. Like so how long? How, how long were you it was, in it? 
just under a minute and a half. Man, this was... It was the longest minute and a half of my life. That was <laughs> super tough fight. Were you... What happened? Like that comp, did you cut weight aggressive or yeah, you had an yep. injury? Yep. Your, your, so, was that your ankle? No, or no, no, no. So this one, um, this comp was, I, I didn't weight cut. Um, so I was in the 88 kilo weight class. Um, that was my second comp. Um, and I, I just got pumped. But and I, you I, were, I did weigh in under. In but I mean, that's not, I mean. In I'm hindsight, it was, it was quite funny. Like um, suggestion <laughs> watching it on YouTube because- oh. Yeah, Kieran was in the triangle for a long time. Yeah. And then and ended up tapping. Yeah. And then the fight was o over, obviously, and he couldn't even stand up because it was such an extended period of time with lack of blood to the brain. Oh, man. And the ref was, man, I lost it at the ref. <laughs> the ref was, um, was Brazilian, like a lot of the refs are. And I'm, man, yelling profanities at him in Portuguese because he <laughs> wasn't, I don't know if you, how much of this you remember, but. He wasn't helping you at all. Mm. He even turned to your opponent and said, oh, make sure he's okay. Like you couldn't and even- And the guy just beelined it the other way. Yeah. <laughs> like, you couldn't, even, you couldn't even stand up. Yeah, and, and, in and hindsight, I should have sat down. Like you were yelling at me to sit down. I should have sat down, but I, you know, there was a bit of pride, a bit of like, oh, I'm all right. Dude, the ref- But I was the, not all right. You know, and I, I was, I was okay. yelling at the ref like, man, you got to help him. Like yeah. he can't stand up. Yeah. Like, and and the ref literally said like, oh, he's a, he's a big boy. He can take care of himself. Yeah, you I know? was pretty delirious. And, I'm not going to lie. And then you ended up spending how long with the paramedics? Um, I think about 45 minutes, nearly an hour with them yeah. in the end. Yeah, like because your blood pressure was all yeah. over the place my, or something, My right? blood pressure was extremely high um like the 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 um the paramedic he was asking me i remember um he was asking me like random questions and i, I remember just looking at him and like the answer couldn't come to my brain like I, it couldn't come to my mind i i knew he was talking to me i knew what he was saying i understood that but i couldn't respond i couldn't find the answer it's, it's kind of like it's lost in your brain and then it comes to you like delayed and then i would respond to it it's so yeah. weird um obviously i'm not i'm talking as though i've been shot or something but <laughs> but um yeah it was i was not i was not okay but anyway back to and the ba original based point. on that we think everyone should compete exactly and, and never <laughs> tap if you tap you're a loser and we hate you no uh. I'm, I'm totally fucking around i i learned a lot from that and i um, I don't like getting in triangles. I think I was scared of triangles. Like, oh, I'm going to be honest here. I don't think I've really admitted this out loud, but I was a little bit... Um, it's 2021, bro. Yeah, you can say it. I was a little bit... <laughs> oh, come on. I was a little bit um, worried about triangles moving forward because it was almost like a flashback to being stuck in that triangle for so long. It was like... It was traumatic, pretty traumatic. Bro. Yeah, it kind of was, man. Like, I know it's just, it's just a sport, whatever. I could have tapped at any time, but it was, you know, I'm a stubborn asshole. And um, I put myself, you know, arrogantly through a, a stupid experience. However, moving forward, I've been in a lot of triangles since then and now. Like, that was that was over six months ago now, yeah. I think. Yeah, that was like six months but ago. But significantly less. Like, I mean, but that's also uh, um, to do with what we're yes. working on at the moment with your style of passing. Yeah. Oh, but I'm, I always talk I'm more about comfortable now. If I get in a triangle, my escapes are more confident. Much better. But you're also, better. Not, you're also not getting caught in them as often. Um, you know, what... I always say that every position, technique, whatever in jiu-jitsu has its pros and cons. You know, like nothing is foolproof. Otherwise, you would only need to learn that one technique. Yeah. And the style of passing we're working on with you at the moment does lead itself to getting caught in triangles or umna platters. Like it's a very like 
chest heavy style of like pressure passing, which yeah. is fine. Yeah, it has its has uh, pros to it as well. But some of the cons are that if you're not very versed there, you can fall into triangles. Yeah. But you're only going to get better at not getting caught into triangles and falling in those pitfalls if you spend more time working on it. Exactly. And, and it's already improved, right? Yeah. Like yeah, you, you would previously, every role I could look over and you'd be in a triangle. Whereas now, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. but I mean that, yeah, I mean you're that right. in, yeah. in a good way to yeah. show your progression. Whereas now it's like... <clears throat> Like one of your training partners and and my students, Jonas, a very good blue belt, has incredibly savage legs. Like mm. his triangles and armbars from guard, really, really good. Um, previously, you would kind of almost just fall into his mm. triangles. Whereas now, if Jonas hits a triangle on you, it's because he's had to like strategically set it up and like, you know, and hit a triangle mm. opposed to where you would just kind of put yourself in one through your passes. Yeah. You know, so the progression yeah. has already come a, lo a long way. Mm. Um, but anyway, but little, little, yeah. little off topic as little we always aside, do. So Back to competing. So you think it's super important for, oh, yeah. for white belt. Yeah. I mean, after every competition, I'd come back in the gym with ferocity. Win, win loss or whatever. Uh, I was going to say draw, but, you know, never had a draw. Yeah. Win or lose, whatever. However it went, a minute, minute 30 triangle or, you know, a gold medal at the end. Um, I just came back to the gym with a new understanding. It was like a light bulb moment every time. And yeah, and not only is it motivating, but it also highlights weaknesses like the triangle incident or because all of my matches or nearly all of my matches have been recorded, which helps a lot as well. Um, you know, you need to get that YouTube content. I'm yep. able to re-watch the content and sometimes get commentary from yourself or uh, the likes of Jeremy Skinner and just, you know, go through the tape and figure out how I respond in in that moment. Because maybe I know the jujitsu, right? Maybe it's buried in the back of my brain. Maybe if you said, okay, today we're drilling X move, yeah, I could pull it off. However, when I was faced in that exact situation on the competition mat, was I able to? No. Did I think about it? No. And it's like highlights that. I know that's a lack of experience as well, but there's only one way to get experience and that's to show up and compete. Yeah. And yeah. it's the nervousness of it. It's the preparation of it. It's, 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 I like the analogy you use, so I'm just going to steal it because you're probably going to say it anyway. It's, it's kind of like, you know, doing the sport, like training soccer, you know, two times a week or whatever and yeah. never playing a game. That's yeah. how I see it. And yeah, you got to yeah. play a game every now and again. You got to compete. <clears throat> you know, um, you don't have to be a competitor and live as a competitor, but mm. if you train jujitsu, you should compete every now and again. Yeah, right? like I would say, I don't know how often. I mean, look, it's going to depend. How often do you train? Like where you are at life or whatever. But I got opinion I, on this. So how if you had to put a number on it, right? I'm a white belt. Like you're talking to me. I'm a white belt or not, maybe not me, but you're talking to a, a white belt with similar experience as me, nearly 12 months, you know, looking at a blue belt in probably five years. Um, <laughs> well, as we established last episode, you'll quit if I give you a blue belt. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> um, look, I would say as a, I, I don't really want to give a number, but I would say like you need to compete at every belt. That's what I would say. Okay. Like, you know, because some people, man, some people really don't want to compete and they're not in jujitsu for it. Why? Like, well, I, I, had, um, I had a student who 
did jujitsu. Like he wasn't against competition. Like he had competed in other sports and things like that. But he was like, man, that's not why I do jujitsu. He's like, jujitsu for me is my is my de stress. He's like, if I comp- he's like I compete in whatever else he did, right? He's like, that's where I compete. He's like, jujitsu for me is you know, is my switching off. It's how I de-stress. It's how I socialize. Like I don't do, he's like, if I had to compete, he goes, if you said to me it's compete or leave, he's like, I would leave. He's like, I don't do jujitsu to add the stress of competition. He's like, I I do jujitsu to take away all my stress. So I get that as well. You know, I, you know, I get it. Was he a high level athlete? in whatever else he was doing? Was he competing regularly in this other sport? No. Okay. But, um, you know, so I get it because some people do it for different reasons, but, you know, maybe that's an extreme example. Yeah. I would like to see people compete at every belt. You know, yeah, you don't have to be a competitor, but, you know, every belt you should at least do a competition. Yeah. Maybe is a sweeping statement. If I had to give a number, yes, I don't know. <laughs> you should do like... Uh, uh, at least compete once or twice a year. Yeah, I was know? I was going to parrot the same, and I think I got this from you. I'd say probably twice a year. And I, I have an, I have an obviously, a, if you're a competitor, way more. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like yeah, I mean, sure. I've, I've spoken to a bit different at the moment because of lockdown, but um, and COVID restriction. Even outside of lockdown, there's less competitions, mm. right? Because of COVID, um, particularly internationally, internationally, yeah. right? But if we ignore COVID, like I've said to you, that you're someone who wants to compete so i've said man i would want to see you compete like you know at least six competitions a year yeah which you might think the number six is not that many but man like that means you're competing every two months right like it it comes around quite quick and some of those competitions are going to pile on top of each other because a lot of them you might do three competitions within three months so like you're doing a comp a month right it's a lot i had um you might i don't know if you know who this is but his nickname is is plateau Right, he's uh, an alliance black belt. Um, Vinicius Ferreira is his name. He no idea from Fabio as well, but now trains. Oh, is he in Florida now? I think he might be in in Miami, or maybe he's still in New York with Marcelo. Anyway, um, man, he joined as a blue belt and savage, super tough guy. At blue belt, he had one year where he did. I think it was. In one year, he did 50 competitions. Wow. That's one a week. <laughs> Dude, like he would take a compete one comp on a Saturday, a different comp on the Sunday, every week. Like, man, he would compete so much. Wow. Like, you know, and he was thinking of all those registration fees. Jesus. <laughs> Dude, Christ. imagine, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's so <laughs> much money. That's so much money. Anyway. But anyway. <laughs> so. Yeah. What well, about for you individually? Yeah. What do you think about the importance of competition? And then we'll and then we'll flip it back to me and what okay. I think. So I'm gonna be pretty transparent here. I think that I think some people don't compete because they're scared. Hundred percent. Like I'm I'm just gonna go out and say it. I think that some people they may have a reason, right? They may be like, Oh, work's in the way, or oh I'm busy, or I can't afford the registration fee or, or what have you. But I mean if, if it's really something that you want to do, you'll find a way around those things, right? I'm not saying that you need to quit yeah. your job, but I mean, you, you can't find a competition all year that you can compete in. I just don't buy it. And you can't afford a $100 registration fee when you're paying 
whatever your your school fees are per week. I just don't buy. Anyway, I think it's just fear. Like people are scared. So the importance. I, I get I get nervous. I get scared yep. of of competing as well. Like I, I'm someone that wants to compete over six times per year, and each time I'm approaching one, I get scared. I get nervous. I'm like I'm, sometimes I'm shitting myself. Right. Yeah. That's normal. And I think that's what really drives me to do it because there's a little voice in the back of my mind, you know, a little part of me that doesn't want to do it. Yeah. You know, like I'm just being honest, like the majority of me does. Obviously, I really enjoy it and it's incredibly rewarding, the friendships. I mean, I could go on and on as a bloody pleb white belt talking about how how many benefits there are. Um, But yeah, there's a big reason why I want to do it is one, I want to get better. Yeah. I want to get better at jiu-jitsu. Like that is why I'm here. I want to I want to really get good at the sport. I don't want to just rock up and be a token blue belt or a token whatever. I want to be, you know, that that savage blue belt or or pr- maybe one day if I do make it to black belt, I want to have earned my black belt, you know, yeah. really really earned it, be a a decent black belt. But in the short term, like it's it's overcoming what you're afraid to do overcoming what you don't want to do that is a big part of it and getting deep bro yeah well it is it is for me that's (laughs) that's what it feels like for me because i mean shit particularly someone that wants to be a competitor and i do have so much uh expectation of myself you know because i've done well in some comps before there's like a standard now you know there's all these reasons gold in your first comp right yeah exactly so i've I've set the bar high uh, since the the first one i want to you know live up to that expectation that i have on myself and that's you know adds to the fear and everything but you know all of that all of that gooey stuff aside all that you know deep philosophical stuff john danaher would be proud um (laughs) but all of that all of that aside like at the end of it all, it makes you so much better at jiu-jitsu. It does, yeah. It just, Way better. Man, like looking back, because obviously I still have the tape, I look back regularly at the – every night before I go to sleep. No, I see the <laughs> – when I when I rewatch my first matches and look at my skill level. You're like, oh, that's what they mean by spazzy white belt. Yeah, man. <laughs> like the skill – like if I was to roll my – roll myself back then yeah i would fucking make my like i would destroy like previous kieran's skill yeah. level like you know i i competed first I, I think four months in maybe maybe less around three or four i think three months sorry three months i remember yeah, something like that i competed in um you know first three months and i competed and looking back then versus now holy shit i've leaps and bounds big difference huge difference yeah. i'm not saying that you know i'm a best white belt ever i'm just saying like you know you're the battle against yourself and like i mentioned they're going to be your weight the, your age or similar age similar skill level because you know you're competing at the same belt like there's just you, you can't hide yeah there's no hiding so then if we establish the importance of of competing let's talk a little bit about like uh, how you go about it like so any, anyone who's thinking about doing their first competition yeah i've um, learned so much I'll just, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just i mean we could talk about you know things kieran wishy knew there's a video you can watch on that right Don't yeah you, I've, got, I've made a video you've of made course. a video things things he wishy knew but i'll, I'll i just want to talk a little bit about what i tell my students when they're about to do their first ever competition right i really want to take the as much stress out of the situation as possible right for your first competition 
I mean, obviously, always less less stress the better, but there's really no expectations. Your first ever competition, or potentially your first, I don't know, three, four, five, ten competitions, right? Depending on how how often you compete. In terms of when you should compete, I'll just address that first. When should you compete, right? Definitely not at the end of the belt. If you wait, some people wait till they're, let's, we're talking about white belts. Some people wait till they're essentially almost a blue belt, whether that's been indicated by their coach or not, but they're, you know, four strap white belt or something. Man, too much expectation, right? You have, for your first competition, the result is by far the least important thing. Yeah, 100%. Right? The most important thing when you've never competed before is just doing it. Why? Because the whole process is a, is a learning experience. So you're learning to choose a weight division and make sure you make weight. Like the, the fact that you've got to do your registration and sign up. Uh, turning up to the competition, you probably unless you've been and spectated some teammates, you've probably never been to a competition. So just turning up, the atmosphere at the competition, weighing in, uh, standing in the bullpen, uh, you know, the nerves, walking out on the mat, like all of that, all of it is a new experience. Like the result doesn't matter. So people who are competing for the first time, I say to them, I'm like, man, I said, I honestly, like, I know you want to do well for yourself, for me, for the team, like, that's all great. But I honestly, don't take this the wrong way, but I don't care. Like, I'm just mm. super proud for you to go and do it. If you go out and you get submitted in 10 seconds, man, it doesn't matter. You had the whole process of what I just said, making weight, weighing in, uh, the stress, the anxiety, the standing in the bullpen, like you had all of that experience gained, right? The result, even like the match itself, you know, the amount of time that you're going to spend actually competing opposed to the amount of time you're going to spend weighing in, being stressed, anxiety, like you spend less time competing than you do all the other stuff that goes with the competition. So when you're brand new, the result doesn't matter. Obviously, like, okay, if you're talking about, you know, my level or even your level, Kieran, that you've competed a few times, like, yeah, you still get nervous. I mean, even at Black Belt, I still get nervous. But now it's starting to become a bit more, the result is a bit more relevant, right? Like, obviously, once you've started to compete enough, then the result is super important, right? Mm but not in the beginning. So anyone who's thinking about competing, man, like the result doesn't matter. You just got to do it. And, you know, and I think as well, it's a, a real good, it's the only way to learn what it's really like to roll with someone when it's like all out. Yeah. And I don't mean don't all out it. as yeah. in they're trying to kill you. No, right? I, I totally get what well, But I mean, you hard. just, yeah, you just can't simulate that in the gym. Even when you try to, it's not, quite the same mm. you know it can it can be a shock like how how aggressive it can be oh yeah yeah you yeah. know so that that would be my advice for anyone who um who is maybe on the fence about doing their first competition right when should you do that first competition yeah i said not like don't wait till you're at the end of the belt you're putting too much expectation on yourself right same as like sometimes people get their blue belt 
and then they don't want to compete straight away because yeah, then they'll because then they'll lose. That. Like, yeah. and it doesn't matter if you wait till you're an yep. experienced blue belt. You're just putting this unnecessary expectation on yourself to do well. Yeah, right. Just like because you never know. Like, you know, when you compete, you might come up against a someone who got their blue belt a week ago or someone who has had their blue belt for four years. Like you don't know, like it doesn't matter, right? Whereas if you wait until you're a blue belt of X amount of time, you've just put this unnecessary stress on yourself to do well. You will get to that level of blue belt by default and then compete again then, mm. right? But when when's like the earliest you should compete? It depends on the individual, but you know, I wouldn't suggest competing after one week of training jiu-jitsu <laughs> once once Does one lesson signs <laughs> up to a comp <laughs> i'll be right <laughs> look if you're maybe an ncaa division one wrestler cool go for it <laughs> you know but um as long as the student is at a point where you know they know enough jiu-jitsu where they can keep themselves safe they're not going to do something silly and you know get dq'd uh, yeah you know or severely severely injured their opponent, right? The rules can get quite complicated depending what competition you're under. So they don't need to know every little rule because even me as a black belt, I recently did my rules course and I could still think of more questions for specific positions. Like it gets so complicated. But, you know, do they know enough to keep themselves safe, to not severely injure their opponent? Do they have a, a general understanding of the rule set? Cool, if you're ready to go, if that takes you two months, three months, six months, once you're there... I suggest competing straight away. Yeah, I agree with that. Yep. And that's pretty much what I did. I remember um, it was the first competition round that came up and you uh, you put the call out, like everyone sign up as you do and, and the lineup. I try to put a class. bit of pressure for people to compete. Because, yeah. I mean, yeah, like I've only got a few competitors to the core students in the gym um, who, you know, a few people who are really like, look, man, I'm making sacrifices in other areas of my life because I want to pursue this, right? Mm. And that is, that's actually the minority of your students anyway, right? Um, but yeah, so I often try to put a bit of pressure on people to compete because I have a lot of people who um, are due to compete, you know, like they got their blue belt 18 months ago. It's like, man, come, like that's you should do a comp blue belt, like... You should be doing one or two a year. Yeah. Anyway, so out. I always, I always, yeah, always yeah. try to put a bit of pressure on. Yeah, for sure. So I jumped into it at, at that point. And, and I, I remember explicitly asking you, because I was like a, a one stripe or something at the time. Um, and I and I said, am I ready? Can I do this? You know, and what, I definitely said no, right? Yeah, no. you said no, you slapped <laughs> well, me. Well, I mean, actually. I, I <laughs> no, mean, you said yes, obviously. What, uh, what I did, did I say? Like, what was some of the advice? The, pretty much I what you just you. said then. Yeah, yeah. So you you said, you know, it's it's not about the result. I remember I remember explicitly because you paraphrased it just now because um, it's something that you believe in. It's it's not about the result. It's about the experience. It's about standing in the bullpen. It's like, it's about, uh, you know, making weight, all of these things, selecting the right weight, getting that experience. And 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 yeah, so I 100% agree because the amount of experience I got, I gained rather from my first competition, you know, it set me up because I learned so much on that first There's day. There's so much to learn. Like one of the biggest ones I think for new competitors as well is, is the atmosphere of mm. being at a competition. And the last competition we had actually had a student um, 
Tima, she's one of our blue belts, um, really successful competitor. And she said something that I've actually never heard someone say before. Um, for me personally, when, and I find for most people, they prefer to get to the competition pretty well in advance to sort of acclimatize to the atmosphere and the vibe and everything. So nothing seems out of the ordinary when you then step on and compete. I like to do that personally. I like to be there, you know, a solid amount of time before I compete so everything feels normal, if that makes sense. Mm. Whereas Tima said to me, she's the complete opposite. She likes to only walk in like right before she's about to compete and then she fights hard and then she likes to leave. Like she doesn't, like we didn't have a, a lengthy conversation as to why, but I remember when she said it, I was like, for me, I instantly thought that's weird. Mm. You know, uh, most people like to spend a longer period of time. I can understand where she's coming from um, in a way. Ideally, I would do that as not not so much the leaving straight away after it, but um, the the getting there just before. Oh, yeah. Why? The reason the reason is is the nerves, man. Like when I'm sitting in that environment, it it it's almost like a physical weight on you to an extent. I know that maybe. Um, if any sports psychologists are listening, don't hit me up, but <laughs> don't try and analyze me. But yeah, it, it, the nerves, I, I mean, this is probably not Tima because she's an absolute badass, but maybe it is. But yeah, the nerves can really like, really get to you. Like uh, that that's for me. Like, I'm getting nervous thinking about it. <laughs> but in, in saying that, I, I that's not the approach I take because what I would lose in that is the being worried about being late or because yeah, I'm always sure. late to shit. Yeah. And if I'm not prepared, if I'm not ready to go, I... We were supposed to record this episode a week ago. (laughs) (laughs) On my first ever comp, it was, um, it just so happened to be one that not many people from our gym went to. Um, Because it was in whoop whoop. Yeah, it was, it was quite a, it was quite a distance away from, from our actual gym. It was over an hour drive. um, And I remember. (laughs) We say it was so privileged over an hour drive. Yeah. It's not even that far. I could have walked, but you know, anyway, so it was like a, yeah, it it, it was a little while away. And I remember I had planned to get there early. Um, I was picking up Zach, my business partner, my, a good friend of mine who was going to film it and did end up filming it. It's on YouTube if you want to see that. Um, yep. And and I had it all planned out, but something happened in the morning. Like it, the, the parking situation was more difficult than I expected to be. Long story short, I rocked up to that event just before my match. I, I there, there was a guy going through the crowd. If you're in this you know, match, you need to be at the front right now. I was like toward the end of the line. I got pushed to the front and the line was huge, rah, rah, rah. And I was so frazzled. I forgot my mouth guard, uh, mat side. So I didn't even have my mouth guard. I hadn't warmed up. No I, pants. I had no, yeah, I was naked. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was it was so stressful. And I was calling out to, to Zach, my, my business partner, like, trying to get him to help me and the poor bastard was injured. So he wasn't much help at all. He was just like <laughs> looking at me like you're a crazy bastard. I, I, yeah. So completely I had that experience and I'm, I'm here to say it was almost traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing I, I really learned is show up earlier than you think is early. But that's what, like, yeah, holy that's what I'm shit. saying as well. Right? Be there, like, acclimatize, warm up. How, that just goes to show that reinforces how little the result, like how insignificant the result is yeah. for someone who's never competed before. 100%. Moving forward though, um, let's talk a little bit about competition preparation, okay. right? 
Um, how did you prepare for your first competition? I didn't know what to expect. I, I think I, I thought I was training hard. You worded me up. You're like, yep, come on, you're competing. So you need to pay attention to these things. And I, I thought I was. I honestly did. I can hand on heart say, yes, I, I was trying to prepare as best I could for the competition. In saying that, looking back, knowing what I know now, I did not. I was not preparing yeah. as, I, as I should have been. And that's at no fault of, of mine or no fault of my training part, whatever. It was simply because you don't know. You don't know what you don't know, right? Yeah. I thought I was rolling hard. No, I wasn't. Yeah. I thought I was paying attention to, um, to that um, three-second uh, point allocation time. So for those that don't know, if, if you're listening, you probably should. But if you don't, in, in jiu-jitsu, for, in order to be competition jiu-jitsu, in order to be awarded points – for something like a sweep or a takedown, you need to consolidate the position for three seconds. Yep. So your opponent, it's behoved to your opponent to, you know, scramble around like a crazy person to get out of that position for the first three seconds at least. And then you can slow down and conserve your energy. So yep. I was trying to train in that way. I was trying to train with points in mind and and submissions in mind. But I mean, I the intensity just wasn't there. However, moving forward, what I know now, how I prepared for the second and the third comp, I, I try to approach each uh, longer session because uh, I train twice per day uh, in, well, once per day, but double class, double session. The first one, the running joke is that it's the warm up class. Yep. It's not, but it's, it's, it's just a, a lighter class. Yeah. Yes. It's a lighter class. It, it starts at five thirty, runs to six thirty, And then at six thirty, the hour and a half class begins. And that's generally where our competition classes are. Um, so I try to approach the, the, 5.30 class with the intention of, you know, learning, progressing, everything like that. Well, and then the 6.30 class is where I turn it on and um, I, I try to simulate um, what it's like to be in a competition. Well, it yeah, because that's what people say, right? Like you compete the way you train. Exactly. Um, and by then I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit fried. I've already rolled at least two or three times. I've done some drilling. So I'm, I'm warm. I'm, a, you know, a little bit tired. So, for, but, but even, even this, right? Like... It's perfectly fine training just for your generic training. But if you're specifically preparing for a competition, you need much more. Like I'm trying to to groom the team and the students to a point where I feel they can handle a fully fledged like competition training. Like because at the moment I know there's a lot of guys who – if I put them through legitimate competition training on a Monday, they would then take the rest of the week off right, to recover. Yeah. Right. Um, they're not quite there yet, but I want to be running fully fledged competition classes because even what we did to prepare last competition, it was on its way there, but it still wasn't there. Right. Like, it should be significantly harder where then the week of the competition, you need to start tapering back your training a little bit, right? Yeah. But anyway, I didn't want to cut you off. That's fine, the training we do just for your, you know, that's just our training. But if you have a specific goal, like, I mean, I personally, if now shifting a little bit away from addressing people who have never competed before and doing their first competition – your preparation isn't as important because like I said, it's just the whole experience yeah. of doing it. But now you're someone who's competed a little bit. You want to go in a bit more prepared. Man, like I think 
you should be tr- you should be approaching it almost like it's a fight camp. Mm. Like sort of six weeks out, you should really be, you know, and it's on your instructor to structure the classes, like whether you're doing specific training or you're rolling and whatever, but you, you're preparing for a competition. So you should be doing a lot of specific competition stuff. Like, you know, the fight starts standing. You need to be doing a lot of standing stuff, whether it's takedowns or guard pulls, you know, consolidating positions, not consolidating positions, you know, submission only a lot of specific, you know, I'm not going to sit here and spend two hours talking about the explaining the different competition-specific drills you can do, but you need to be doing those leading up to a competition, and that is harder than just your regular training. Your regular training can be really hard as well, right? And to some extent, it's going to be how hard is your instructor pushing you, but also, you know, it's you got to take some of the responsibility yourself. How yeah. hard do you push yourself? can dictate how hard your training is, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And one thing, and I don't think this is, on reflection, I don't really think this is super important for um, first-time competitors. Um, But again, I'm speaking with limited experience here. But one thing I'm addressing now, now that I have a couple or a few competitions under my my belt and, um, you know, progressing in the sport um, slowly but surely, one thing I'm focusing on now for competition scene is stand up as all matches start on the feet. I know that um, a lot of people, a lot of um, people simply recommend that for a first time competitor or whomever just to pull guard. That's not really my style. So I'm really focusing in on that stand up part. Um, and I think, I mean, it's a good point to address. Um, and especially as, as, you know, you being a white belt, you've probably heard me say this. A lot of things I, I say on the podcast, you've heard me say in the gym. But oh, let me just address why stand-up gets sort of ignored a lot in jiu-jitsu. And it's because you're allowed to pull guard, right? So, um, and a lot of jiu-jitsu players, like guard is their better position, you know, at, at the black belt level and a lot at the lighter divisions, the the two athletes will fight over who gets the guard pull first, resulting in a lot of double guard pulls, right? So so stand-up in, in that case is irrelevant. But when we're talking about white belts, what happens, right, is you have two competitors that don't want to pull guard because guard is less intuitive than being on top, right? So the average white belt, unfortunately doesn't have a good guard, right? So they're less comfortable to pull guard. Most competitions, they don't allow white belts to jump guard anymore. You used to be able to jump close guard. So I remember when I was a white belt, you were allowed to jump close guard. So I would often jump close guard because then you're, you know, open guard is something harder to learn, right? And I'm sure you can relate as a white belt. Like if if I were in your closed guard versus your open guard, you would feel a little safer if I were in your closed guard, right, to not getting past. 100%. So when you were allowed to jump closed guard, you could do that. Now you can't. So you've got two white belts who don't really feel comfortable playing guard. It's less intuitive. The last thing they want to do is pull open guard. So they want to be on top. So then you've got two white belts who yeah. want to take each other down, but they can't because they don't they're white how. belts. Yeah. They don't really, you know, and... You know, and that goes past white belt as well. You know, 
where you can yeah. even have black belts not very good at takedowns or whatever, whether it's, you know, wrestling in no gi or more judo style takedowns in the gi or, or whatever, right? Mm. So then you get two white belts stuck in that, right? Yep, and it's for three minutes. Wrestling's fucking hard. Dude, if you haven't done stand-up for an extended period of time, it's, it's super it's tiring. It's really, really hard, yeah. So what I tell my white belts is, you know, I say, look, if first of all, you want to fight where you're comfortable. I have some white belts who are happy to play guard and pull guard. Cool. But majority of them don't. So I'll say to them, let's take actually have a very tough white belt as a good example, Joe, right? So Joe is an ex-rugby player, like big dude, like 110 kilos, not 110 kilos overweight, 110 kilo, big, strong guy, right? And um, right before this lockdown, Joe was about to compete at the States that got cancelled. And he wants to be on top. He's got good, heavy top pressure. But of course, he's going to be competing against another guy who's over 100 kilos. And he probably else wants to be on top, you know. And probably yeah. also wants to be on top. Joe's a, I don't know if I mentioned, Joe's a white belt as well. So all these same sort of issues. And I said to Joe what I say to all white belts. I go, okay, cool. You want to be on top. And if I could choose, that's where I would have you end up because you're very good on top. Right. And, you know, playing the game of the sport, chances are your opponent doesn't have that great of a guard, blah, blah, blah. But I said to him, man, what's probably going to happen is you want to be on top. He wants to be on top. Neither of you can take each other down. Uh, last thing you want is in a five minute match for you to spend four of those minutes getting gassed, being, you know, trying to take each other down that when it finally does go to the ground, you're so gassed, the dude you know, smashes you or whatever. I've said, man, if you can't take him down and he can't take you down, I said, man, I would prefer to see you pull guard and, you know, and go for it and do your best. And if it doesn't work out, man, lesson learned, you know, I don't mean lesson learned as in don't pull guard, but you, you learn from that experience. So I would prefer to see you you know, maybe after a minute, there's no takedowns. I'd prefer to see you pull guard and potentially get smashed than see you stagger on your feet for four yeah, minutes and then the pull time, guard yeah. when you're tired. Because you're getting no jiu-jitsu. Like, well, you are getting, yeah, you're getting no ground jiu-jitsu in your competition yeah, time. Yeah, it's just this wasting, stalled out. Yeah. Like, we're not watching two black belts who are also black belts in judo yeah. unsuccessfully taking each other no. down. That's different. We're watching two white belts unsuccessfully take each other down, Not as right? Fun. Not as fun. I'd prefer to see you pull guard and, you know, and then try play some guard and you're still going to learn from it, right? Like opposed to pulling guard at the end or getting taken down at the end when you're exhausted, mm. you know? Um, so that's, you know, that's, you see that a lot at yeah. white belt stand up in competitions, even at blue belt too. Yeah. And for me, I think it was a, a comfort thing, like walking. And I spoke, you know, at the start, I got, you know, a little bit depressing and spoke about, you know, motivation and, and psychological stuff and, and rah, rah, rah. But for, for me, feeling comfortable in that situation on the feet is very important. So that's something that I've been putting a lot of uh, attention into uh, yeah. at the moment is not, not necessarily, you know, having guaranteed to score the takedown because yeah they may pull guard or whatever but understanding more uh options from that position and just feeling comfortable having more time on yeah. the feet yeah that that was very important for me um and and you know you expressed that 
why jiu-jitsu stand-up is neglected. And it's a, at the end of the day, the, the goal is to get to the ground, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then your jiu-jitsu can come through. Yeah. And then that's where the, the, the match is won and lost, ideally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but for me, it was that transition that was very difficult, I suppose. Yeah. And I try to, you know, have people be comfortable in both. Because sometimes, mm. you know, like, again, if we're maybe addressing someone a little bit more experienced... You, you have to be comfortable in both because, you know, let's say you go, oh, I'm a guard player. Well, okay, cool. But what if they do pull guard before you? Or what if you pull guard, but then you sweep them and then you're on top all of a sudden, what, you're not a passer? Like, I mean, yeah. you know, that's not always going to be a bearing bowler straight to the back. Mm-hmm. Um, the last, like the last subversion event I did, you know, I always have my strategy of what I want to do. And my initial strategy was, okay, I'm going to, I had a particular takedown I wanted to do. I was like, I'm going to hit this takedown. Um, and then I'll, you know, I like to, to pressure pass. I was like, yeah, I'll hit this takedown. I'll pass, submit, you know, from, from mount or wherever. Just for those listening, subversion is a uh, like a, a streamed um, live event that's held here in Australia. It's, it's one of our, like, it's like who's number one in Australia. Yeah. Definitely not, not not on that scale. But yeah, it's like one of those, you just have the one match, right? Yeah, like the, yeah, you have your opponent. Super fight event. Yeah. Um, and Invitational only. Yeah. Or yeah, for the lower belts, they have qualifiers. Let's, you know? yeah, okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll get you there. We'll get you qualified. Yeah. <laughs> one day. Um, but anyway, like I went into the fight. I, I felt the guy being a bit like, you know, maybe defensive on the takedown. I went for the takedown, like missed the takedown. And then I just kind of made the decision in the moment. I was like, oh man, like I feel like he's going to be really defensive on the takedown. I said, I'm just going to pull guard. So then I, I did the exact same g- game plan, but from guard, I then, instead of getting the takedown, pass, submit, I pulled guard, swept, pass, submit. You know, like, so you've got to be comfortable both right Mm. obviously that's harder for white belts but if we're dealing with a more experienced competitor your game plan may be to pull guard or may be to get the takedown you've got to be willing to do both yeah 100 percent. yeah i do want to mention one of the biggest bits of advice that i give to everyone competing whether you're new or old because some, some experienced competitors have maybe never thought about it this way. I always tell students leading up to the competition that you need to structure your week so comp day is your best day. And what I mean by that is if, let's imagine you train Monday to Friday and you rest every Saturday, Sunday, hypothetically. Some people come in and their best day, like when they feel the best, that they feel they train the best will be the the Monday. They feel after their two days rest, Monday's their best day. Some people like myself, my best day is Tuesday in that scenario. Like Monday, that day after rest, I'm like, get the cobwebs out. Tuesday's when I feel the best, when I feel the most switched on, like that's my best day, right? So you need to know what your best day is. And then structure your week so that day falls on competition day. So if your best day is a Monday, right, and the competition's on a Saturday, well, then what you should do is structure your week so you rest Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday, comp day, that's your 
your Monday, so to speak, you go in firing. Yeah. If it's if it's like me, I do it the opposite. I'll rest Wednesday, Thursday, and then I'll train on the Friday, right? The day before the competition. So then on the Saturday, comp day, that's like my Tuesday. That's when I feel the best. And maybe some people do that by default, but if you're a more experienced competitor and you've never thought about it like that, it makes a huge difference. Mm. You know, you need to do what works best for you. Yeah, that makes right? sense. And did you do that with any of, did I tell you to yeah, do that leading yeah. up to your competitions? Yeah, that's what I did. And I, I chose Monday as my best day. Uh, I think when we, we get back to training regularly again, I'm actually going to try and figure it out a, a little bit more specifically and maybe um, change to shaping my week like a Tuesday is my best day mm-hmm. because, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm still experimenting um, with that. Well, I mean, it was also it different, out. right? Because previously you also were still um, working a full-time job in the yeah. Navy. Yeah, right? exactly. So quite a demanding job. So mm. balancing a full-time job and trying to train, whereas now you're transitioning more into... Full-time you know, bum. In, yeah, full, <laughs> full-time um Centrelink, <laughs> no, no, but like now you're transitioning into, you know, your videography and YouTube yeah. and everything like more self-employed. So you're not, you're not working for the man. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, I can shape my week a little bit more appropriately. Yeah, my yeah, training so, can be so shaped. Maybe, maybe previously um, Monday felt best yeah. because you were clocking 40, 50 hours a week in the Navy yeah. or whatever. Whereas now you might find it's Tuesday or Wednesday or it might still be Monday. Yeah. You know? Yeah. hundred percent. Because I think- you left the Navy and not long after that, like this newest lockdown happened in Sydney. So yeah. you never really got to like- uh, Get a good hit, training hit, routine. Hit your stride as to yeah. in terms of being able to train full time. Not yet, but it's coming. Coming yeah. soon. Yeah. 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 So one thing I just wanted to touch on um, is selecting a weight category. This is, I think, give, this, this topic gives a lot of new competitors- anxiety for sure and okay i i can speak to this because i have done both ends of the of the spectrum now i'm i'm my walk around weight if you will previous to to competing for the first time was around about 79 to 80 uh sometimes 81 with fluid retention kilos right kilograms now there is a weight class in jiu-jitsu that's 79 kilos in nogi uh, I'm, I'm just going to talk no-gi weights to, to simplify this. Yep. And 85 kilos um, is the two weights. And because I was around 80 to 81 kilograms, I was pretty much in between those two two weights. I was at an opportunity where I could go down and I was also at a position where I could just maintain my weight and be at the lighter end of the category above. Now, um, what I decided to do under, under your advice was to go up into the 85 kilo bracket and just walk in whatever weight I'm, I'm at, I'm at. I got a bit stressed then because I thought you were going to say, and what I did under your advice was to go to 79. I was like, no. oh, I shouldn't have said that. No, no, no. <laughs> you, you told me to go 85. <laughs> yeah. Now, the reasons were, were very solid that, uh, first of all, you don't want to be stressing about it. Second of all, you, you didn't at the time know much about, you know, my nutrition qualifications. So unbeknownst to you, I, you know, maybe have zero understanding of nutrition. And I mean, people pay 
like people like myself, a lot of money to try and, you know, get from 81 to 79 appropriately anyway. So it's not an easy thing to do if you don't have a solid backing. Yeah, okay, unless you're out there and you just starve yourself. Yeah, good good job, mate. Um, But, you know, you're not going to come in with very good energy levels and there's so many other factors there, right? Um, So your recommendation was to go up. So that's what I did for my first two. Now, going back to what I said at the beginning of the episode, I got it in my head that I was very light. And to be fair, my first competition, I weighed in at 78 kilos in no gear gear, right? And I was competing at 85. So I was in the bracket below competing up, which which is fine, right? The second competition, I weighed in at around 80. So I'd increased my weight by a couple of kilos. So I was over the bracket, but still the lower end. So I got it in my head that I needed to go down. So that's what I did for my third comp. I went down, but I needed to cut. Now, Maybe because of my arrogance, maybe because I was injured at the time. I want to think it's because I was arrogant, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I was injured for my first third comp. Probably shouldn't have competed, but whatever. Um, I went down, but I, I had a hard time making weight. I was stressing about it. Yeah, I mean, it's worth noting as well, like <clears throat> for those who don't know Kieran uh, personally or have never seen him on YouTube or, or whatever, like, you're already super lean. I was eight percent body fat. Yeah, it's yeah. not like it's not like you're overweight and you could cut ten kilos in a week, yeah. right? Like you're super lean water. as it is. Yeah. yeah so it it, it was uh, it was a difficult time. Obviously, I made the weight, um, but I came in depleted, energy depleted. Um, I was dehydrated, and it didn't help me that the the third comp we did for whatever reason. Um, and I'm, I'm trying not to be mad about it, but the organizers didn't allow competitors to weigh in until just before your match. Yeah, I think that was more uh, COVID requirement. Which didn't like, make, it didn't really make too much sense. Yeah, um, they were trying to control the amount of people coming in and out of the venue. Yeah, yeah. So I was not able to, like, ideally you get to the venue, you, you find a spot in the grandstand or whatever, put your stuff down, find your team, say your hellos, you, you get everything organized, you, you find your bearings, you go weigh in. And then you you hydrate, you eat something small, you know, because ideally you have at least an hour till your first match. That was my plan. And I would have been quote unquote fine, maybe. I wasn't <laughs> able, I was not able to do that. Basically, I was so close to my weight that I wasn't able to really drink too much water. I wasn't able to eat. So I... My, what I did is I jumped on the scales, I made weight, and then I smashed like a two-liter thing of, of Powerade. So I've, I fucked up, basically. I really screwed it up. So my advice to anyone listening, if if you're competing for the first time or thinking about cutting or whatever, go up. Go yeah. If you're between weight brackets, go up. Yeah, yeah, I 100% agree. So yeah, to some, to kind of put that in a nutshell i mean sometimes it's a no-brainer which weight division to pick because you're very clearly on one mm. but if you're in between and you're new to competing without question you go up 100 for, for two reasons one you're going to guarantee for those who don't know jiu-jitsu is not like mma you don't weigh in the day before i mean some random not random as in not uh credible but some there's few competitions where you do right big scale competitions but yeah i've seen you, those yeah usually you weigh in moments or like hours before you compete so you can't do what an mma fighter does and dehydrate themselves and everything and then weigh in and have 24 hours to recover worth noting that sometimes that's not even long enough to recover right you see plenty of mma fighters cut weight so aggressively that even 24 hours later when they fight they haven't recovered yeah. So you need to be 
like full of energy. You need to weigh in. Like if let's say you're competing at lunchtime or sometimes maybe you don't compete until the afternoon, you don't want to be having to- Skip you, meals. Yeah, you weren't allowed water. to have like, you weren't allowed to hydrate or yeah. have breakfast or lunch. You weren't able to eat anything all day. Yep. And then you got to weigh in at five in the afternoon and fight, right? Yeah. So you always want to go up. The other thing, if you're new to competing, it's just one extra level of stress to add if you're having to make exactly. weight. Exactly. It's kind of like someone saying like, oh, bro, I want to learn how to juggle. I'll start with five balls. Exactly. You'd be like, oh, Why? maybe let's just start with three. Like, let's just start with the fun, you know, mm. like, and then you can add more things. Yeah. And this is something that you can tell I'm pretty passionate about. Firstly, because of, you know, my nutrition background, I've actually helped jujitsu. I've actually coached jujitsu competitors into cutting to make weight for events, which is ironic. Right. And, and then I go and, and you fuck did it, it so well. And I, <laughs> I did it so poorly. Look, I, I'm blaming the fact that I was injured and I, w I wasn't actually going to compete, but I changed my mind. Do you want to tell, every, want to tell <laughs> everyone yes. uh, how you got injured? Um, Yes. <laughs> well, maybe we can get the culprit on and he can, he can explain The culprit, himself. all right. The culprit, yep, okay. yes. <laughs> another, he knows who another, he is. Another episode. <laughs> well, I but yeah, uh, just to, to, to finish that off, I, I am going back to 85 kilo weight bracket um, and I've done the reverse. Instead of cutting, I've actually bulked. So yep. now I've, I've set myself up months in advance um, to, to establish myself in where I think I'm meant to be, where I belong in, in terms of weight, and that's 85. But that took me three competitions and fucking it up and, and going here and there and everywhere to, to figure that out. So my recommendation for all, all budding, white budding white belts like myself, go up in weight, and then if you want to change weight after after you've gotten a few competitions under under your belt and you know then make the decision and if if you need to consult with a professional to help you just that one time or you yeah, know look you online to, you have to know how to cut weight right like yes. it's not i mean look some people if you're you know 18 years old or whatever so mm. your <laughs> metabolism's through the roof and Oh, just not eat pizza for two days and I lose four kilos. Okay, yeah, cool. That's water, easy, yeah, right? Water retention. But yeah, otherwise there are ways that you need to go about yeah. weight cutting. Obviously- To maintain energy levels. To maintain energy levels. I'll give a, uh, again, we're getting towards the end of the episode, but I'll just give a, my advice on, on making weight. And we'll talk more about this in later episodes. Like we'll do an episode- going a bit more in depth regarding nutrition because mm. we have a nutritionist on the podcast, so why not? But I'll just talk about my experience and my approach to making weight is I tell myself I need to make weight the day before. So let's say the competition's on a Saturday and I'm fighting it in heavyweight at 94 kilos, okay, on a Saturday, Leading up to the competition, I tell myself I need to be 92 kilos. I, whatever weight I need to be, I take away two kilos. So I need to be 94 on Saturday. I tell myself I need to be 92 on Friday. And then in terms of how I cut that weight, look, that's a, a whole nutrition conversation, but essentially, you know, a, a lot of carbohydrates are, are removed because I want to lose a lot of water weight. I'm not 8% body fat <laughs> like Kieran is. So I try to get a, a rid of a lot of water retention and all that stuff. But the goal I'm aiming to hit is two kilos under my weight the day before. 
and I treat it like how an MMA fighter weighs in. So mm. then I've got 24 hours to recover. So I know- To give yourself that two kilos of grace. Yeah. And obviously you're trying to hit your no gi weight or you put your gi on when you well, weigh yeah, yourself. Well, yeah, I mean, depends on the competition, right? Right, right, but yeah. right. right. Um, but yeah, whatever whatever the, the limit is. Yeah. And I mean, you you would know that a lot of the, the energy that you're using mm. on a given day- a lot of that is residual energy from what you've eaten the day before. Yeah, it's glycogen stores, right? yeah. So I want to make sure I'm underweight on the Friday. So Friday night, I know I can have a good dinner, typically like loaded with carbohydrates, blah, blah, blah. Yep. And then so I know Saturday morning, check my weight again. Oh, cool, like I'm still a kilo under or 500 grams under or whatever. Yeah. I know I can like, you're not going to have a massive breakfast. I'm not going to have an English breakfast, but you know, I know I can <laughs> eat and be hydrated. So then when I go compete, I'm on weight for the last 24 hours. I've been eating really well, mm. you know, so I'm full exploding with energy. Mm. That's the way I advise people to, to treat weight cutting. Yeah, you want to take... Depends on your division, right? I fight at heavyweight, so two kilos percentage-wise, right, is is Not the lot, correct yeah. number for me. If you were lightweight, you might say, okay, I need to be one kilo underweight the day before. Yeah. But take your weight division down a little bit and you need to make that weight the day before so you, so you can put that weight back on yeah. or so you have that buffer zone to eat well, hydrate well over the 24-hour period so you fight well. Yeah, absolutely. That that's that's the goal is to walk in and and have enough energy and and not be dehydrated, feel good to be able to perform your best. Yeah. You know, it's it's not about, you know, trying to make a digit on the scale. You're not stepping on a bodybuilding stage, you're stepping on a competition mat where you're you're going to perform. And one thing I will say just to just to close off my thought on on the whole competition weight piece is they're going to feel heavy. You, uh, your opponent, That's regardless, actually, sorry, you, yeah, they're going to feel strong. Yeah, no matter I what. I say that all the time, and and I, it, yeah, it ran through my head while you were saying something earlier, and I thought I'll say that. Ironically, when I when I competed at that eighty five for no gi and eighty eight in gi, and I weighed in at seventy nine or whatever, I had it stuck in my head. Oh, these dudes are like eighty eight. I'm getting, you know, I'm getting thrown around because they're so much heavier, so much stronger. When I cut, guess what? Felt the same. No they difference. Always, yeah, it's such a. I'm annoyed at myself that I forgot to mention that, and stoked that you remembered <laughs> to mention it, because that's another thing that kind of drives people to to uh, yeah. to cut weight, yep. right? They drive think, me to do it. They yeah. think that they're going to be bigger and stronger. Man, as a bigger guy, I can tell you, like, I'm a heavyweight. I could fight a lightweight in the absolute, and they feel strong. Yeah, your opponent always feels strong they always come across like they got better cardio and gas yep. than you like it doesn't matter you know whatever division you pick to fight your opponent will always feel strong and it's all and, in your mind yeah and take solace in the fact that they're going to be thinking the same thing exactly even if you even if you're not naturally a strong person they're going to like when like, oh, this is farmer strength or something <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> old man, old man dad strength, strength. Yeah. <laughs> don't now, underestimate dad strength right? dad strength is next level yeah, my my one arm from carrying my toddler because I always is that your right arm? Are you <laughs> right handed? <laughs> yeah. I always carry Atlas is my son on the one side. Mm. It definitely, like is is oh. <laughs> way stronger. Try and pass me yeah. to the right, I dare you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they'll always feel stronger. So don't let that like influence your decision, right? No. Like 
when we look at the elite level, if we're looking at the best black belts in the world, right, like those little things can start to make a difference. But like, you know, in general, don't 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 worry about it. Yeah. Eh? Like, don't choose to cut thinking you're then going to be the big strong dude. Man, they're going to feel strong too. And this ties back to the whole, particularly in your first what few like you said up to ten competitions, the result is not the primary goal here. That's so, right. Yeah. Like, don't don't worry about it. Don't stress. Um. So, before we sign off, I just want to to encourage people again like i mean competition is there's a lot of things you can talk about and people may have a lot of questions so if you do have the questions that will for those who don't know we have a reoccurring episode ask a black belt which is where we we answer a lot of um, questions that listeners submit so you can send those via the beyond jiu-jitsu Instagram. Yep, Beyond Jiu Jitsu Podcast Instagram. Just search that on Instagram, you'll find us. As well as Kieran Lefebvre's Instagram or my Instagram, the Alliance Sydney BJJ Instagram, right? Um, you can find us. We're there, right? So submit questions and we'll answer them on the Beyond, uh, sorry, on the Ask a Black Belt episodes. Yeah. So if you have any competition specific questions or, you know, any questions, you could ask. Do I like pineapple on pizza? You know, do you like pineapple on pizza? Oh man, I don't know if we want to open that can of worms right at the end of the episode. I, what I'll say is, <laughs> I saw a meme that was like it was a picture of a pizza, and it said, and and it had kiwi yeah, fruit on it. Did you see it? Disgusting. And it was, and it, and it was like, it was like, guys, you know, pineapple pizza eaters or whatever. We need to put our differences aside and yeah. join forces to take down this yeah. true evil. Yeah. disgusting okay on that um, on that <laughs> note <laughs> thanks for listening to this uh episode episode number nine thanks very much guys i think the next next episode we're talking about media yes we're talking about media and specifically flow grappling instructionals and we're taking a deep dive into that realm so i have a lot of a strong one. thoughts about the jujitsu media i bet industry. you do yep. okay thanks for listening guys till next time All right, thanks Thank you.